What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 14 of the Potentiation Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining. We took some time off, and I want to take a moment to shout out the Mind Body Experience. This pro- podcast is sponsored by the Mind Body Experience. It's our three month program that starts April 1st, well, technically March 29th. Uh, in three weeks, guys, if you're interested, my best friend Malik and I are going to be taking you through three months of coaching. If you're looking for a program that works, if you're looking for accountability and you're looking for it at a great price, look no further than the Mind Body program. You can sign up via the link in my Instagram bio if you're interested in learning more, and we will reach out to you. I promise you'll get your money's worth. Anyway, today's episode is with Oliver Hubbard, my good friend. Met him in the gym working out. Wouldn't you? Who would have guessed it? Uh, but we had a lot of fun talking just about, you know, as good friends who have bonded over fitness, just, just how he's kind of come into his fitness journey, how he transitioned from bodybuilding to MMA fighting, and now how he's trying to kind of conquer these new goals that are in front of him after fracturing his hand, which is quite a crazy injury, but I still see the kid lifting on Instagram like nobody's business, and he gets after it every single day. If, if you ever needed some motivation to get something done and you couldn't find it anywhere, maybe not motivation, inspiration, whatever the word you use to get pumped up is, Oliver's it. He, he does not take no for an answer, and he, he, he personifies everything that is overcoming. He's a really strong dude, both in the mental and physical sense, and we had a blast catching up just for the first time in months, and I was happy to interview him. So without further ado, this is episode 14 of the Potentiation Podcast. Enjoy, guys. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to episode 14 of the Potentiation Podcast. I'm your host, Fran Kalinske, and thanks, as always, for tuning in. Today, I have a new guest, uh, I guess I've been waiting to get up on here for a while, and we're, I'm excited because it's been a little over a little over a month since the last recording. Got a lot to talk about, a lot to catch you guys up on, a lot of training to talk about now that we're starting to get out of the cold weather, um, hopefully into the warmer stuff where we can work out outdoors again, we can go out for runs, at least up here in the Northeast. Um, but we'll talk more about that as we kind of jump into it. My guest today is a pro bodybuilder by his pro card, and also just a trier and doer of just about everything and anything fitness. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. We've worked out quite a lot together, and we've experimented together, to say the least. We've done a lot of crazy stuff. We've done a lot of fun stuff, be it hikes, lifting heavy shit, just doing any and everything to challenge ourselves and push ourselves. He's like the best workout partner you could ask for. My friend, Oliver Hubbard. Oliver, tell the audience a little bit about you, what makes you tick, and um, and yeah, give us, give us a lowdown. Awesome. So I'd say my whole fitness journey started about 18 years old. I was fed up with myself. I always felt within me I had so much more to give, and I wasn't expressing that. So with sports, didn't make the team with basketball, got talked out of doing football, saying I was going to get concussed. (laughs) My dog's going to go out to take a leak. Sorry. Uh, so, got talked out of sports. I didn't think I was athletic. Did wrestling, got destroyed. I was on JV in senior year. Basically, I counted myself out. And then after I got my license, I said, all right, I can drive to the gym. I had that mental switch. And I was like, all right, now I can just keep going and do this. Yeah. So, started lifting, got hooked. 
And then I started learning because it's like, all right, I'm putting forth this effort. How can I take this energy and, and optimize it so it's most efficient? Right. Um, eventually down the line, uh, I competed. I went vegan. Uh, that's when I felt like I was firing off on all cylinders because yep. I was on the other end of the spectrum getting trained by uh, Mike O'Hearn. I was eating a lot of animal products, a lot of animal products. So I dropped all of that at once yep. and uh, and competed uh, and shocked myself and, and I got my pro card. I put, in, I put in the work, but it's nice to have that validation saying like, you literally won the entire show. I was like, this is great. You know, it's a, it's a high that you get when you've put in hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of work. Um, because, you know, if it came easy, everyone would do it and, and that's not a gratifying feeling right um personal training wise i started after two years of lifting um after i won my pro card i shifted gears towards fighting uh more boxing more jujitsu like the rash guard says freedom jujitsu right if you're out on long island come through uh and it's just become a movement perspective man uh I, i like to be competitive and playful and move and and just get out there you feel more human when you do it you know a lot of things nowadays is is sitting you know stressing about the future or worrying about the past and it's pulling you out of these present moments and i feel like movement is is the answer and the, and the meditation and the cure for most people right your experience was like many others in that you know starts with frustration you find the gym you know whatever capacity whether it's the weights the machines the treadmill whatever you find the gym and it changes you right you you kind of took that and you ran with it it was the weights and you just kind of you know transformed your body um aside from aside from you know just getting the license and, and deciding i'm driving to the gym now was there another catalyst in there that you know made you decide to go however frequently it was yeah, so so like I said, it, it was it was really the whole fact that I felt like I had this competitive side to me, like this th- this hunger to express myself and and, and go after something, uh, whether it be a sport or you know that nature within us to, to push ourselves to be better, uh, and going to the gym allowed me to do that, but at the same time. I was making excuses, man. I was just yeah. making excuses. I was just fed up and sick and tired of being sick and tired. Like the saying is, I was making excuses. It was all a bunch of BS. Um, the license was just um, me giving myself permission to go to the gym. Right. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a ride. I'd jog to the gym. Um, I'd find, uh, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. Especially with lockdown. When, when everyone went to lockdown, gyms were closed. That was a, That was another example of, all right, are you about this lifestyle or are you about it when it's convenient or when, you know, when there's gyms open? You know, it was inconvenient for a lot of people. Sure. Everyone everyone was struggling and I'm sure they still are um, with the ramifications of quarantining, lockdown, so on and so forth. So right. um, I, like to think, uh, I like to think of things as challenges or tests uh, to, to see, you know, if you're truly about a certain lifestyle. And you're going to constantly get tested. You know, injuries are one of them. Uh, if you're hurt, uh, are you going to keep going? But are you also going to keep going in a smart way, in an educated way? Uh, or are you just going to play the what was me card and, and, you know, go through that cycle because that's just miserable. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say a lot of people, you know, 
I think, struggle with that. Where it's like, when it's going good, it's going great. But when it gets to the woe is me feeling, that's where a lot of people tend to just kind of peter off and, and, and kind of lose it. Where, if ever, did you encounter that? Like, was there ever, because it seems like, you know, from 18 years old to now, the road has just kind of been up, up, up. If you were to, you know, look at the change in, oh, yeah. in the change in physique, but was there ever a point where you were kind of second guessing, like, hey, you know, maybe this bodybuilding thing is too much, or maybe the weights uh, are taking too much of a toll on me? Like, did you ever have oh, that definitely. that kind of feeling? Definitely. Um, just a little side note on the "woe is me" mentality and and people uh, having excuses or saying whatever their circumstances are yeah they're valid every like a lot of the times it's very valid it's just that on the other side is are you gonna you know, allow that to keep you in that place or are you gonna overcome those obstacles so right. Right. you know when people say like i have this or i'm dealing with that it's like yes you, you are dealing with that i'm right. not disregarding the fact for sure that that's not going on what i'm saying is do you want this or do you not want this these are the questions that we got to ask ourselves um, and in regards to, to your other question, um, dude, like it was so sad to, to get into this shape where like people see you and you're, sh- you're like, Oh, this is what strength and you know, aesthetics is right here. Yeah. But I, dude, my back was so destroyed. Like I, I was working a lot of manual labor jobs. I did demolition work. I did house lifting. Yep. Um, um worked for college on moving. And um, on top of that, working out hard and stuff like that. So there was a point where my back was just really, really bothering me. Yeah, sure. Yeah. uh, That's the dog? Yeah, he's biting on the cheat toy. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, so that's like even – that's like more debilitating because I I think when people deal with something where it's like, I want this end result. I want to look like this. I want to feel like this. Um, When you you have a certain – like and you a look and you think you're there and then you're dealing with like a back injury or something that's just debilitating. Yeah. You feel like, you feel like a, like a fake or you, it's just like so conflicting. So that's when I switched gears over to, you know, I don't like, it's not just about how you look. That doesn't really matter. Right. If you feel like crap, then it's just gonna, it's just gonna hurt you more. So my training style had to change, but also my lifestyle had to change because to be honest, the jobs I was doing and the pay, it wasn't worth it. You know, you can't put a price on your health. Exactly. Um, especially when I worked at UPS, that was like one of the worst jobs ever. Yeah. That was just, <laughs> dude, it's it sad, man. Um, especially um, just going through all that and and I got a really bad shoulder injury there when a box fell out and I had to like block it. Mm. Um, I was just like, I have to take care of my body. I have to take care of my joints. I have to take care of my spine. Uh, and that's when, you know, I changed gears cause I had to take, um, or I took, I took some painkillers and then I started off with just walking and I realized how good walking is for you, man. It's so good for you just to go out for a walk, you know, your movement or your workout, you know, it, it's, it's different because you ever hear somebody say, Oh, this is my workout for the day. And they're carrying like a box up the stairs. Yeah. They have the joke. <laughs> It's like some people are joking about that stuff, but some people some are people just, are serious. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're just like, all right, now I get to you know lay on the couch and just like not move for the rest of the day. But it's like that; those shouldn't be working. Can't be it. Yeah, so, right. You know, you got to differentiate the two. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I think but, the bigger the bigger point you're getting at is is that like if things aren't all right outside of of the the fitness realm, right? Like wherever wherever you are or whatever you do to to kind of hone into the 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 workout time, whatever it is, if it's an hour, if it's thirty minutes of your day, um, if stuff isn't going great outside that, it's very very difficult to keep the ball rolling and. I think that I think is one of the biggest things people underestimate when they try to begin begin a fitness journey is like, oh, I'm going to start and I'm going to get this going and this is going to fix all my problems. When really, you know, sometimes it's the it's the pro- yeah, it's the problems that need to be solved first before the journey begins. That's not always the case, but um, I think your yours is a perfect example. You know, people might see your physique and think it has all been, you know, rainbows and sunshine, but like you said, that's that's yeah. not the case. Uh, but now, on a brighter note, I, I would say, what, you you look like you're able to experiment and do quite a few different tasks, you know, with no pain at all, which which is great news. I'm happy for you because of that. Um, in, in, in the grander scheme of things, uh, t- going back to the topic of your, you know, kind of drive to challenge yourself, there were there there's a couple um, stories on Instagram I remember seeing just going for runs in like the freezing cold. Like what what inspires that? How do you get the you know I, I get that that's a challenge, but um, yeah. instead of going to the gym, why why choose a an outdoor run for four or five miles in the snow as opposed to just a regular lift? What what yeah. what what fuels that? So there's two sides to it. Uh, one side to it is uh, when I look at my dad and I talk to him and he broke his back at a young age. Right. And, uh, like I, I, I get really emotional talking about it because like I'm blessed, man. Like I'm so blessed to be in this body that's able and competent. Right. So, so I'll think about my dad and the fact that, you know, he's got a broken back. He's got all these health issues and, you know, just him, like seeing him move to get up and, and take some steps is like painful and hard. And, um, there's some stories, but his will is, is, is stronger than anybody I know. Right. So, so there's, there's that side of it where like, I have this body, like I'm going to push myself. As, and there's also yeah. like, how far can you take it? You know, like how far can you take it? Uh, one of my good friends and clients, uh, he uh, he wanted to have some sort of repercussion for if he came in late uh, to his training sessions. Okay. Very busy, um, uh, you know, working a lot, and uh, you know he wanted to get regimented. So he took a liking to to Navy SEAL training. So uh, it was funny. He came in late, and then one day um, he he was like, "Oh, like if I upload an embarrassing picture on on Instagram, that'll be my repercussion." I'm like, "No." I was like, "Let's go to the beach, you know." And it's cold out. Um, and then the first day I did that did that to him. I didn't train with him. And then after the day was over, you know, I think he said on a scale of one to ten, I was like a seven, yeah. and I was just unhappy with that. So I was thinking to myself, next time he's late and I take him to the beach, I'm gonna do it with him. I'm gonna go in the water. I'm gonna do the push-ups. I'm gonna do the burpees. Yeah. And do the run uh we'll do some wrestling like i was literally like throwing him into the sand he's like 165 pounds like yeah. smaller than me but right right literally just like i was doing everything i could to break him and he's got a strong he's got a strong will man like yeah um ideal but, client but yeah needless, needless, yeah needless to say 
you know, I got him to hit these breaking points. Uh, and, and I liked it because it was, it was like, I'm pushing myself. So I have a good gauge for, um, you know, am I going to break him or am I going to break? Yeah. Like me being in the position of like trainer is like, I'm not like, I'm not, that's not even in the question yeah. of me doing that. Exactly. Um, so it's like, there's that side is like, what do you, what are you truly capable of? Like how far can you push yourself? Um, cause like another thing I did was, uh, uh, a 20 mile run. It was about a 20 mile run after rowing 10,000 meters. Yeah. And, uh, like doing stuff like that and then having your days where you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. I'm too lazy or, or I can't do this or I'm tired. It's like, think back to what you've accomplished and what feats you were able to do. It's like, no, dude, like you did that. You can, you can get up and go to the gym for an hour today or you can go for that jog or that walk or, yeah. So, so it's a reminder of who you are when you accomplish certain feats and tasks where you're like, that's fucking nuts. People think like, you're just crazy or like, you think you're crazy for doing it, but you do it. Or you're just in that moment. Right. Those are like little badges that you can, can call back on and be like, all right, I did that. Like, right. I can do this. A common theme is that if you are feeling like there's a day that you should rest or that you shouldn't do anything that's the best day to go ahead and do something crazy or, or even just go and get a workout in, right? Like those are yeah. the days that you might have the best workout. What does your dad think of the, the feats, the crazy things that you do? Uh, is uh, he impressed? Is he a little worried? What, where, where does his head go when you do that? Wor- definitely worried. Like, yeah. um, I didn't have a car at the time. Uh, my car broke down. Yep. Uh, and my dad picked me up from the shop and I said, Hey dad, uh, I want to go to this gym. Uh, it's over in Patchog, which was like, you know, like 20 miles away. Yep. And, um, I just want to do the rower. You know, I just want to do the row. I was really obsessed with the rower at that time. So I was like, I want to see if I can row 10,000 meters. And, uh, as he's driving there, it's like, we're driving for like 20, 30 minutes. He's just like, how are you getting home? Yeah. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to jog home. And he thought I was joking. Yeah, like, yeah. Just don't do that. It's dangerous. Like I, I literally was jogging across highways and stuff like that. Uh, but I'm just like, so like when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, you know? And like, even if I was like, even if I was like, I was questioning it in my head. I'm like, am I really going to do this? That sounds nuts. So I just kept saying, I'm going to do it. So like now I have to do it. Yeah. There, there really is like a power to saying things is that. Uh, Manifesting it. Right. You got to do. Yeah. It, it really is. Like, so I just kept saying I was going to do that. Both of my parents were freaking out. They're like, call an Uber, you know, we'll send you know your brother to pick you up. Um, I got home that night. Uh, you can actually see it on my story, on my highlights uh, from my dad. If you click, I think it's like one of the last ones. I finished the jog. I feel like I, you know, it was close to a marathon. Yeah. And uh, he's outside smoking a cigarette, and he's just like, "You think you're Superman? I mean, <laughs> that's great and all, but like, he just like humbled me. But at the same time, like, you know, we've had talks, man. Like, we're just like moved to tears at uh, how proud he is of me. Um, you know, I got to. I got to do a lot, man. I got sponsored. I got to go to China. I got to meet Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Um, I really got to, to, to live a dream or what was a dream to me when I was younger and make that a reality. Right. So it's a beautiful yeah. thing. And it's not over too. Like you still have like a ton of other things that you can do given the, the, the health that you still have. Now talk about the jujitsu. You, you've been engaging in that a lot lately. 
you had an injury recently that you're just now bouncing back from. Um, when it comes to lifting weights and you know dealing with injuries, a lot of the times you can work through it. You can work around it. You can hit another body part. Uh, with jujitsu, I don't think that that's necessarily the case, right? How did you kind of overcome this last injury? Like, where was that? Like, where was your head at? You know, the typical, I'm going to push through this. Like, were you stubborn about it? And did you try to work through it? Or or did you really have to listen to your body with this? I'm definitely, I'm definitely stubborn when it comes to injuries, but I learned after my ankle injury from basketball that if, if you don't do this in a methodical calculated approach, you're going to pay for it. And you're gonna have, uh, probably have to do like double the work, yeah, um, to to get better, because um, most people just just think when an injury happens, like it'll never be back to 100, percent and I'll never get it back better than 100. percent When that, you know, the case is you can really heal yourself to the point of 100. Um, you know, granted, it's not like something excruciating or like like very very severe, right? Um, so with my hand, it was a boxing injury. Um, tears in the ligament nothing broken luckily but um i was like all right i, I have to take a break from jujitsu yeah. but i can still drill movements that don't require to me require me to use my hands right um you know certain like shrimping techniques for for like getting out of uh, certain positions um you know doing certain roles um so there's still many ways to train you know if you have an injury uh and i've learned over time to be more calculated with it and then eventually just like do certain things where it's like I wasn't wearing my wrist wraps. I didn't I didn't um, wear my gloves. So, um, you know, certain things can be avoided if you just take the take the measures and the precautionary um, aspects. Uh, and, and I made a full recovery. I mean, as we're doing this, I'm literally using a little hand strengthener yeah. on my hand. So, like, you can you can do things throughout the day um, to, to feel better and move better. Right. Um, and like I said, and I, I made a hundred percent recovery, and I'm only gonna now continue to strengthen my grip. You know, do my stretches, do my cars. You know, cars are cars are great, man. When I do cars, I just like my day. My day just feels way more accomplished because right. it's like that's another movement element or aspect that you can add to your day, including your workouts or including your walks. Where you'll just be like, all right, I feel good because it's like brushing your teeth for your joints yeah we brush our teeth uh and it feels good or even like if you don't want to do it you know it's good for you so it's like yeah just do it you know exactly what what um would you say has been the most impactful change to your training uh let's say over the past year right like you've 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 had experience in bodybuilding strength training and and now you know working towards jujitsu training um what what and you you've added you know stuff like the um functional range conditioning stuff what what would you say has been the most impactful or or what's something maybe a better way to word the question what's what's an aspect of your training that you can see that's been implemented staying there forever it could be any one of those things you just uh, mentioned breath work work, really yeah breath work nasal breathing that that is just like next level stuff and you can literally do it right now or you can start today you can do it anywhere yeah focus on your breathing uh diaphragmatic um you know breath work strengthen your diaphragm right it's a core muscle that uh, is extremely important uh, and breath work is is something that uh i preach to everybody yeah it's so it's so like crucial i mean 
you've seen Wim Hof, man. Yeah. How's it strong? The guys, he, it's funny because he is an anomaly, but at the same time, you can become that anomaly as well because he wanted to prove that he's not the only person that's capable of doing the feats that he's accomplished. Right. And, um, and you just feel better, man. Like, you do a 15-minute breathing um, exercise or meditation, it's it's profound, uh, the effects you feel after. Right. There's a mental benefit. I think, you know, I some people would be surprised to just how, how, like, I've had clients tell me the same thing, that when they take a deep inhale and exhale, and they weren't no, they weren't sure about how deep they could actually inhale because throughout the day, a lot of us are breathing so shallowly and, and you know, whether it's stress or whether it's something that's causing us to breathe more shallow, it's those first few inhales, I think, for some people who don't practice breathing at all that can really make all the difference. And I, I agree. I feel like that's something that'll stick with me long throughout my training career, even though it can be hard sometimes to get clients to buy into it. You know, oh, yeah. It can be those first couple of breaths that really change the game for people. Um, talk about what it is you're doing on the non-breathing side uh, maybe yeah. maybe in terms of your general regimen, uh, whether it's the weights or whatever program you're following right now, what what is it that you're doing to maintain, right? Because now that you're back at 100%, um, pit, let's say you're picking up where you left off, both in the weight room and on the mat, what, what, is, what are you doing to make your training sustainable? Because everybody's definition of sustainable is a little bit different depending on what their yeah. goals are. What, what are you focusing on right now in terms of making this – uh, strength and, and ability you have making it last with longevity. Yeah. So I really believe in the saying for athletes, uh, that you train hard, but you have to recover harder. Yeah. So certain tools that I use, such as cryotherapy, uh, infrared sauna, the breath work, stretching, cars, hydration, nutrition, all these things are facets that will that will help you keep uh, a certain output. You know, depending on on your lifestyle. For me, it's it's very very active. Uh, from the boxing to the jujitsu to the weight training, uh, I need to do things that cr- keep that balance. Because there's no there's no point of really going to the to the gym to work out if your central nervous system's fried. If right. You're if you're not handling stress in your life that's that's weighing you down, because um, we need stress, you know, we we need we need these uh, mechanisms. But how much of it is the real question? Uh, right. And how much are you managing? So there's a whole bunch of tools, um, and and it sounds simple, but if you're super active, I was, I still am big on intermittent fasting, but. Um, I need to get my meals in because I'm burning so many calories that if I just leave my meals for later in the day, I'm going to be bloated from eating so much at once. So right. just eating more, like uh, I learned that from boxing because I would do these really intense uh, workouts and sparring sessions where it's like I had an avocado toast with some sprouts, you know, maybe a banana, and uh, I just felt like I could keep going because it's like. They're intense, man. You're burning a lot of calories. You're, you're you're putting forth a lot of energy. So, it sounds simple, but eating more has has really been helping me. Yeah, I mean, you think of the body as like a, from an economic standpoint, like supply and demand, mm-hmm. right? Like if the demand, like you said, your training, which is taking up so much of your day and burning so many calories, is 
greater than the supply, you're you're going to burn out. You're going to reach a point where you can't one can't fulfill the other and it's it's not going to be sustainable. But if the supply is too much, you know, like you said, if there's too much at once or if it's just the the demand isn't there, um, the the you're you're going to end up bloated or you're going to end up adding unwanted weight and I think, you know, the the dosage of effort is like so so important. And I think it's yeah. I think as somebody who's a seasoned athlete, you know, like yourself, like myself, people who've been training and consciously training, you know, not just blindly doing it, but paying attention to things like RPE, rate of perceived exertion, like how how easy do do you think it's harder? And this is like an honest question, not a rhetorical question. Do you think it's harder for people who are less experienced with the gym to gauge effort? Because I feel like effort is something that is super important, but it's yeah. it's hard for it's hard for some people to know like how hard is too hard or how hard is not hard enough. Do you 100%. feel like, do you feel like there, there's, have you had clients maybe who, who have told you about yeah. those tra- types of struggles? Yeah, definitely. Cause it's like, there's clients where it's like, Oh, I'm giving my all, but you know, they're just, you know, they're dogging it. Uh, yeah. You know, little Oscar worthy performance. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I'll joke around. Um, it's very individualized. Cause then you, you, I've had, I've had the client where they're just going way too hard and I'm just like, take a second, take a breather. I have, um, I have those like crazy. I have so many clients like that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, um, you know, I, I find that with some with some business oriented people that that are you know very go getters, yeah, like very much go getter. Uh, they might train that type of way where they're just like, I gotta get it, I gotta get it, and I'm just like, this certain mindset where it's like, okay, maybe take a step back, right? Take a deep breath, focus. Yeah, um, less is more. Like, Let's calibrate. That's all. It's yeah. all about calibration. Uh, at the end of the day, yeah. uh, I like to call it like a controlled chaos, if you will, uh, because there's a there's a uh, exertion in being accountable for your form. You know, which cues for you um, allow you to have those aha moments where it's like, okay, so this is how I do the movement, like, and and this is how I get better at the movement because I because I feel this, right? You know. Maybe grabbing the floor with my toes was the game changer. Yeah. Or like a few of these things that that help me so I can lock in. So there's a rate of perceived exertion where it's like, okay, let's just say you get to, you know, rep number seven, you're going for eight reps. Um, you have to exert yourself to take a deep breath into the diaphragm, yeah. bear down on the rib cage, you know, lock in the lats, whatever that may be. But there's an exertion there where it's like you're doing everything you can to lock in that form. Yeah. As opposed to form's gone out the window, you know, four reps ago, and you're still pushing yourself. Um, it's it's different. It, uh, I like to think of it in terms of the picture where it shows a lot of people pushing uh, like a cube, and they're like struggling to push it, and then somebody just took their time to sculpt uh, a circle, and then they're pushing. They're rolling you know, the circle. Yeah. And they're rolling the sphere. Yeah. So you want to, tra- you, you still want to train hard, obviously. But there's this whole ego thing where it's like, you know, I tr- I train harder than everybody else. It's like, yeah, you, you can still train hard and train smart. You know, right. training smarter, not harder, doesn't mean that you don't train hard. It's just that you're you're getting a better investment. You're getting a better return on your investment. Right. The effort is what I got from that. The effort is is subjective. Right. That there can be effort in performing the technique the correct way getting the um getting the time under tension like per se like for somebody who who is you know just ripping deadlifts off the floor and they're not feeling their hamstrings but if they're really shooting their butt back and feeling their hamstrings and they go slowly 
they might get more, you know, like eccentrics out of that, and they'll feel like five five reps like that will feel way better than ten bad form reps. And um, exactly. that's that's something, yeah. I think that, that a lot of people it's kind of hard to put into words when you're trying to tell people, hey, this is why it's better to do it slow. Because if you feel the movement, right, you're you're not just performing the movement and rushing through it, like you said, but if you feel the movement and and you're really taking your time with it and you're respecting the movement. It, it, it makes all the difference when it comes to effort. I totally agree. What do you have in in your toolbox when it comes to sw- switching things up, right? Because I, I feel like you're always kind of looking for like a new stimulus per se, like something to kind of continue to kind of push the tempo. What's something that you can always turn to, like let's say for lack of a better word, when training gets boring, how do you kind of spice things up when it comes time to like, take your programming to the next level uh both for yourself and for your clients well uh i definitely have to credit you for that yeah because you were coach fran still are obviously but uh going under uh, your tutelage for a bit helped me open my perspective and yep. learn new movements uh and i think it's important to always have you know that student mentality right and and learn from others so you know doing the ninja training program that you designed for me. Yeah. Uh, now going under uh, Phil Daru's Fight Ready program. Yeah. Um, doing certain programs, uh, I did uh, Gaglione uh, Strength, uh, his program. Yep. Doing these different programs um, help, you know, spice things up. Right. So you get different stimulus. And then you find, you know, what works best for you and – uh, what approach is going to be best for you when you do that? Like for me right now, you know, I love fighting. I love jujitsu. I love boxing. Yep. But I also love lifting weights. So it's like I have my, my training's uh, like immensely entertaining and great. I love it. I yeah. Love the tra- there's, there's so many different facets that, you know, I'm, I'm focused on right now. Sure. It, you know, it can also be the other end of the spectrum where it's like I'm doing – too much at once i gotta really hone in on something that's gonna help me more that was definitely the case with um when i was doing my final shows uh in men's physique getting ready for the world show uh with the wmbf and doing boxing um it's like i'm doing all this boxing and i'm not hitting the weights as hard or maybe i'm not giving my all because if you're doing a competition yeah you gotta really um, hone in yeah. You got to really hone in. So, so for me as of right now, you know, my training is fantastic. I'm having so much fun. Uh, I think people really enjoy, uh, uh, if, if they can handle it, plyometrics, those are fun. Yeah. Uh, it's always fun to do some jumping movements or, uh, you know, any sort of explosive movement. Uh, if it, if, you know, if the client can handle that, um, people always enjoy core, core movements. You know, they want to work on their abs yeah. and, yeah. you know, get that burn um so mixing it up with that is is always fun yeah um at the same time though it's important to uh stick to the fundamentals and the basics um but also like if, if somebody's not enjoying a certain squat you can always do certain variations um yeah. as long as it pertains to their goals uh right equipment equipment is great for for mixing things up yeah uh, i just ordered uh the kabuki strength uh transformer bar oh nice uh, well actually i ordered it like 
four months ago. I so just got it though. Still, okay, still on delay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just got it. So COVID delivery got... schedule, right. Yeah, yeah, I have that. That like that gets me excited because you can change the, the load depending on where the bracket is. So nice. So it can be more back, back squat or front-loaded squat. Uh, one of my clients has a, a big shoulder restriction, so it's going to be nice to have him you know, do some squats uh, holding it. Uh, here, yeah. so uh, I think equipment's big. That's why it's fun to go to different gyms to check them out. Uh, uh, Pit Shark, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, if you have any like you know issues with loading the spine too much, you can do the Pit Shark. So my advice to people who want to spice things up with their training, keep it entertaining, keep it fun, uh, but also you know having that fundamental basis where it's like you're not you know standing on a Bosu ball with one leg doing a lateral raise and a bicep. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, where it's kind of, you know you're kind of pointless at that at that moment. It is to to train with somebody or, or, or buy a program, twelve week program coming out. Yeah, shout out. Thanks for the plug. Yeah, I uh, I will uh, be sure to include something for that in the in the beginning of this episode, but. I'm really glad you said that sometimes, you know, even us as, as fitness professionals, if, if we're allowed to call ourselves that, can, can actually make things too complicated for ourselves and we'll, over, we'll load up our plates too much and we'll do maybe a few yep. too many things at once. Uh, it takes a lot of humility to, to admit that and, and say, hey, wait, I, I should not be trap bar deadlifting 90% of my max three days in the week. That's how I ended up, you know, messing up my oblique two years ago and um, you know, it took a, it took like a five or six months of reflection to realize that, but, uh, we're guilty of that too. And I think, you know, the more candid we are about that, like you just were, like you said, Hey, you know, competing for my, uh, for this next, tur- um, not tournament, but, um, for this next show, this next competition. Yeah. Um, my plate's too full and I'm doing one too many things. Like those yeah. are also things to kind of consider, you know, those are things we have to tell our clients too when they ask like, hey, is it good if I do this on this day? Some days it's like, hey, yeah, today is the day to, to take a rest or maybe step away from the barbell if, if that's what they're training. Um, as, as we're kind of kind of closing up here, tell, tell, me, tell me or tell the audience what, what it is that uh, you have planned maybe in the longer term, maybe in the near term, with the jujitsu stuff, do you ever see yourself going into an amateur yeah. mat fight or, or? I'm gonna be doing I'm gonna be doing a jujitsu tournament uh, in July, 100. Uh, if I didn't have the hand injury, I would have competed in the uh, in the good fight tournament they had in New Jersey. Okay. But uh, uh, me and my boy actually just went up to show support and and scope it out because we both plan on competing. Nice. Um, very soon. So, so going to be doing the jiu-jitsu competition in awesome. July. Uh, that's going to be with Naga, and I'm very excited for that. Uh, going to keep continue to hone in on my boxing, kickboxing, work on the kicks. Uh, and I'd love to do an amateur fight, definitely. But I want to put in the hours and hours of work. I want to continue to learn uh, and... You know, just like training, training with good people that, that know their stuff. And, you know, the saying is iron sharpens iron. And it's, it's so true, man. Right. It's, it's you're, awesome. you're, you are, I guess, officially the second person who's involved in the MMA world that I've interviewed for the podcast. And both I, of you guys say similar things is that, you know, there's such a big community of, of MMA people. And I, I love the intersection between uh, MMA and, and lifting, you know, my, my chat with Connor, the uh, MMA fighter who I interviewed for episode four, 
um, is always asking me questions about, tra- uh, not always, but he's asking me questions about training a lot, and he, he likes my training approach. I think it's one of the sports where you really, it's almost mandatory to kind of mix weightlifting into the equation, and you see it with Phil DeRue's program as well. Um, I, I hope that in the future, and I think it's already starting to come about in other professional sports, uh, weightlifting and, and certain types of training will be integrated a little bit more into the athlete's process because you see the way that it, it, it manifests when you look at guys like Dustin Poirier. Am I pronouncing his name right, Poirier? Yeah, um, and, and the most recent fight, right? Phil DeRue's worked with him a little bit. That guy really, he takes his shit seriously in the weight room and it yeah. shows. Uh, it showed most recently, and yeah, I, th- I think... It's awesome, man. I, I believe fighters are the ultimate athletes considering the circumstances or scenarios that could occur. Yeah. You have to be ready for like anything and everything. Exactly. It's, it's it's amazing. I love the community, man. Like Freedom Jiu-Jitsu is such an awesome place. Shout out to Steve and all the guys there. Yeah. Uh, it feels like a brotherhood, and, and people really want to help. The best part is is how everyone really leaves their ego at the door uh, and and genuinely want to help. It's it's awesome. Because, yeah. you know, I've, I've rolled with people where it's like they feel like they need to prove something. And, you know, all, all the high-level guys, they, they, they'll, they'll, like, get you in a move or choke you or, like, twist your arm a certain way. And they'll be like, all right, this is how I did that. You know, and you learn. And it's like... It's it's so humbling, man. It's great. I can imagine, yeah. I think, yeah, I think everybody should do it. Everybody should do jujitsu. Um, it it's you know it's great also because you're not getting hit in the head like you would in boxing and stuff like that. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You go to, go to a good place uh, and have the prerequisites to do uh, jujitsu and, and and not get injured. Yeah. But uh, if if injuries do come about, you know how to handle them and know how to deal with them and. Uh, and keep moving forward right uh, for listeners who don't know that's definitely something on my list this year that i'm trying to cross off is to get in, get at least in into class and, and hopefully start doing that i'm, I'm also on phil daru's uh fight ready program shout out to daru strong on instagram uh looking to you know get myself in the ring and try something new right that's part of the thing i think we share in common is just trying new things and, and, and stepping outside of the comfort zone when it comes to Definitely. transcending um your, your your current fitness level before we log off and before we finish this episode oliver any last words uh where can the listeners find you um anything you want to plug before we before we wrap up the episode yes yeah, so on instagram i'm ohubs o-h-u-b-b-z and try a jiu-jitsu class that's all i gotta say nice. and if you're on long island come to freedom there we go. I like it. Well, I'm definitely going to try to pay a visit sometime this year when the weather gets warmer or maybe even sooner than that. Who knows? But thanks, Oliver, for taking the time to chat. Uh, really awesome conversation. I'm, I'm going to take a snippet of this and post it on Instagram very, very soon. And um, this has awesome, been episode 14 of the Potentiation Podcast. We're back. I'm trying to get back into the flow of things and um, just have these regular conversations more often because it's always good to talk shop with trainers who know their stuff and trainers who, who've been in much, much different experiences than myself. Guys, if you're here and you've stayed this long, thanks for listening. We will be back soon. Oliver's got the pup on the camera for everybody who's watching on screen. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and Oliver, thank you for stop hopping on. This has been episode 14 of the Potentiation Podcast. Know.